The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, chapter 6. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one anything they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we see Jesus praying and we hear the voice saying, listen to him. Help us to pray and to listen. Amen. So we're looking at Luke a lot. Traditionally, Luke has been thought of as the physician, but also Luke is a pastor because he's concerned and interested in his church, in his worshiping community, and the life of that community. Luke starts out his gospel by writing to Theophilus, maybe an early leader of the church, maybe a patron. But he writes saying, let us grow in our faith. Let us be confident about the things that we have heard and that we have learned and that we can go deeper into our faith. Theophilus, if you do the Greek... Theo is God, Phileas is friend, friend of God. So the text today, the transfiguration, it's one of those scripture lessons that would really make a great movie, wouldn't it? Bright lights, glowing skin, outfits that just shone. But if you look, carefully at the words 
Luke is the only one that says why Jesus went to the mountaintop. He went to pray. And as he was praying, he changed. If you think back, the voice, the prayer, the change also took place at Jesus' baptism. Those are like the two bookends of the life of Christ until he goes to the cross. So the transfiguration takes place in prayer. So it's important that we look at prayer. When does Jesus pray? He's praying at his baptism, and the Holy Spirit comes, and the voice says, this is my son. When he's picking out the 12 apostles, he spends the whole night in prayer just before that. When Peter makes his confession of Jesus as Messiah, Jesus has been praying. Jesus prays in the garden before his arrest, and he is praying before he goes to the cross. But Jesus isn't the only one who is praying. In chapter 4, the early church is coming together, and they are in prayer. The centurion... Cornelius is in prayer, and he becomes the first Gentile Christian. Paul and Silas are freed from prison when they are in prayer. Paul meets Christ when he is in prayer. So this transfiguration, it has something to do with prayer. Sometimes when we pray, we're hoping that God will listen to us. And the transfiguration tells us a different picture. The picture of prayer, not always seeking what we ask, but our prayer seeking to have an experience. So with the transfiguration with some experiences. And out of that prayer comes the word. In that listening, we are called to be disciples and to follow, knowing the cost of obedience. The word listen in, in English, could, it could also be translated, keep on listening to Jesus. Continue to listen to Jesus. And so we do. We tend spend time in prayer. We spend our thoughts on his word. We spend time reading. We spend time studying. And those sins.
Sometimes we take the Bible to be so serious that we miss the little jokes that go on. Peter's at the butt of a joke in this text. Peter's half asleep when when the two come to talk to Jesus and Peter semi-wakes up and he says, let's build three worship places and he's babbling on and what happens? The cloud comes over him And God says, sort of, shut up and listen. Stop talking. Sometimes we talk too much and we're not able to listen. Listening is part of our Christian experience. Our faith comes through hearing. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Luther's explanation of Holy Communion, the benefits of the sacrament are pointed out by the words. We have to hear them. Silence in worship. Sometimes silence help us to hear the words of God. Oops, not going to come up here, are you? <laughs> when we talk about evangelism, evangelism is very little talking and a lot of listening. In order to do evangelism, you have to know where the needs of the person you are concerned about. Where are those needs? And do we listen? If someone's hungry, you give them a sandwich. If someone is drowning, you give them a rope. If someone is in need, you have to know what it is to give them the word of God. Our church is full of doers. Thank you for all that you do. You come to Bible studies. You have your private devotions. You practice silence in the presence of God. You hear the word of God. The ELCA's model constitution says to everything that is to be done according to the word of God. We listen to the word of God. So how can a council or a committee do anything if they do not listen to the word of God? We are to listen to all the words of Jesus. All of them. That way we can hear the call to discipleship, the denying of self, carrying the cross of faith, losing our life into God. We learn to be silent. 
The text starts out, on the eighth day, the early Christian church claimed that saying rather quickly. It's referring to Sunday, the day of resurrection, the day of worship, the first day of the week of a new era. And the transfiguration points us to that. Jesus alone. Prayer and listening, awe and silence are all appropriate responses for Jesus alone. Amen.